0: Hi, and welcome to Perspectives on Perseverance with Dr. Mark Ballard, president of Northeastern Baptist College in Bennington, Vermont. At NEBC, we are committed to developing the mind of a scholar, the heart of a shepherd, and the perseverance of a soldier. This podcast seeks to provide biblical, historical, and contemporary perspectives on perseverance that will help you persevere in your walk with the Lord and your service to Him, to His people, and His creation. This is episode two of our second season And I'm looking forward to diving into a perspective on perseverance from our most recent uh, chapel service at NEBC. President Ballard, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well. I'm glad
0: to hear that. Um, I know that uh, last semester we did a series of uh, perspectives on perseverance uh, where we looked at people and characters. We contrasted them with a, a scriptural character and then a historical figure. And I know this semester we changed our direction a little bit. Um, We are not doing the historical perspectives right now, and that doesn't mean we're not going to bring those back, Um, but we finished our Does It Still Matter series. We talked about your most recent book in our first episode, and so this episode, uh, you and I have discussed it, and I think it's a great idea going forward. We're going to look at a few of our chapel sermons, um, a series that you're doing right now, and uh, we're going to start off with our first chapel year, which you preached Revelation 12. 11, and I think that's a great passage to talk about perseverance from.
1: Absolutely it is, and uh, we were actually going to start, I started a series, as you know, Joe, in in, uh, chapel, the second chapel I preached this year. So Joe, you were were going all the way back to the very first uh, chapel of the semester uh, with that question that you uh, just threw out there, and it is a good one. Uh, I'm looking forward to the series that we're going to be doing uh, starting next week. But uh, you are correct that that is very apropos today, uh, particularly for the year we're living in.
0: Uh, Absolutely. 2020. Uh, has, been, <laughs> I, I you know I think it's just so cliche to say 2020 has been the worst year ever. Um, I'm sure there's worse <laughs> years in human history, <laughs> um, um, but I, I I have given into the theory that time travel exists. Um, <laughs> and let, let me tell you why. Wow, saw, mark I, that down. <laughs> I, I saw a meme the other day and it asked the question, uh, "How do we know that 2020 vi- or uh, hindsight is 2020?" was not something a time traveler said as an accidental cliché drop before 2020 vision, uh, <laughs> which is what we're living in. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I have no idea how how to justify the craziness that we've seen this year.
1: It has been a strange year, no doubt. Uh, we are so thankful, though, that we are Uh, open in Mm -hmm. campus or on campus and in person uh, at Northeastern Baptist College. I know some colleges were not able to do that, and uh, we had to jump through quite a few hoops and get a lot of things in place uh, for for that to happen, Uh, but it was well worth it to have everybody back. But of course, uh, that's only uh, dealing with COVID-19 and, and all that is, is only a small part of the troubles that we've experienced this year in 2020, for sure.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the troubles range from political to, uh, like you said, COVID, and uh, there's just been natural events uh, that have caused craziness. President, but I did want to say, you know, we we haven't will end up talking about some of the negative of 2020, uh, but I, I've got to bring out a, a great testimony about NABC's first three weeks. Um, as of Thursday of last week, we saw five students or, or five people trust Jesus Christ through the ministry of our students, staff and faculty. And and I think that's just wonderful news in the midst of everything that seemed like we wouldn't open and we wouldn't be able to continue on this semester.
1: Uh, absolutely. In just the first few weeks, we hope that is just the uh, beginning. In fact, uh, Joe, I was uh, doing just a little bit of looking earlier this morning and so far in 2020, Uh, despite all of the challenges of the year, we've had 129 people uh, that have trusted Christ as their Savior between uh, uh, being led uh, by either faculty, staff, or students at Northeastern Baptist College. So there's certainly been a lot of challenges for the year, but there have been a lot of blessings. And that really is kind of where we started this semester. Uh, Everybody was getting used to wearing masks all the time and and uh, having classrooms uh, where we've got uh, tables and chairs six feet from each other. Uh, we have the same thing going on uh, in chapel. As you know, we actually had to set chapel up uh, by, by uh, TV in two rooms because we can't have everybody in the, in the main chapel room. And uh, so everybody was adjusting to all of those things, uh, dealing with all the problems in our country uh, regarding the riots, uh, all of the things. Uh, relating to our country as, as far as the uh, political realm today. It's just uh, one of the nastiest uh, political campaigns, certainly in my lifetime. And uh, so there's just so much uh, difficulty going on that we, we began the, the First Chapel by asking the question, man, can, can we have victory mm. and can we live victoriously even in 2020 right. as, as Christians? Um, and, and so that uh, that's a key question, and uh, there's a lot of Christians I know that are just, in fact, I've said it, I, I just can't wait for the year to end. Um, <laughs> I, I saw someone... Are you really ready for 2021, though? <laughs> I, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other day, I, I uh, had a friend on Facebook post that... Uh, uh, they have not been staying up on New Year's Eve for the last several years, but they're definitely going to this <laughs> year. And uh, it's, it, But it's not to welcome 2021, it's to make sure that 2020 leaves. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so uh, I, uh, I thought that was uh, uh, interesting and uh, maybe somewhat insightful, maybe not. Uh, we don't know what the future holds. But even in the midst of this time... Uh, if you know Christ as your Savior, you can live in victory, mm-hmm. and and so that's uh, that's really what we begin to talk about. And uh, as you mentioned, Joe, what we did is we went to Revelation uh, chapter twelve, which some might think, "Wow, that's a that's kind of a strange place uh, to go and talk about victory," uh, because you know a lot of people avoid the Book of Revelation.
0: Mm. Oh, right? I I do. <laughs> Shame on you! <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You know, I've got a I've got a pastor that's very good at preaching the book. I let him do most of
1: that. <laughs> uh, so Revelation, one of the reasons that people avoid it is because there's a lot of scary stuff in there, Great. and and actually uh, Chapter Twelve has some scary stuff in it as well.
0: I would say Chapter Twelve is one of the the most difficult chapters uh, mm-hmm. that I have found with people uh, mm-hmm. looking at and interpreting and sure. uh, giving direction on.
1: Well, you know, one of the reasons that uh, the book of Revelation is so confusing is because often we try to impose our own outline on the book, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Jesus gives us the outline of the book. Uh, he gave it to John, and we have it recorded for us in 119, uh, where very clearly Jesus uh, told John, listen, you're going to write three things. You're going to write the things that you have seen, uh, which he did in chapter one. You're to write the things that are. Uh, That's messages to seven real, literal churches in Asia Minor today. We call that Turkey, Ephesus, uh, Thyatira, uh, Laodicea, Pergamos, so forth. And uh, that's the things that are. And then he said, write the things that will be after this. The Mm -hmm. Greek words there, metatauta. And chapter 4, interestingly enough, begins with metatauta. And those are things that will be in the future. They were in the future for John, and they're in the future for us And so uh, we begin in chapter 4 and going through the balance of the book, talking about future events. And if you just uh, follow that outline, it it clarifies uh, some things. And just let the scriptures speak for themselves. And of course, you got the series of judgments. uh, But every now and then, in the the midst of those series of judgments uh, that are describing what life on earth is like, beginning in chapter 6, Uh, During the um, the time of Jacob's trouble, called in the Old Testament, or um, the tribulation period, the Great Tribulation period, Uh, during that time on Earth, these judgments are being described as to what is taking place on Earth. But in between that those series of judgments, there are these uh, catch-up moments, these uh, parentheses, these windows into giving you additional insight. And that's uh, chapter twelve is in the midst of one of those. In chapter eleven, we find out about about uh, witnesses, one hundred forty-four thousand Jewish witnesses who are uh, traveling the the world and telling people that Jesus is the Messiah and they need to turn to Him uh, under uh, under persecution. They're doing that. Uh, then we, we come to chapter twelve and and we have this um, this interesting chapter that. Kinda of describes um, some things about uh, about Jesus, uh, some things about the nation of Israel, and uh, of course uh, things about uh, our enemy, uh, things about Satan, and um, and the chapter. A lot of the chapter has to do with Satan um, uh, fighting against God and the people of God, and uh, and so in the midst of that, it's it's describing. His attempt to to kill anyone who will follow Christ, particularly during that tribulational period. And in verse 11, we we have this uh, amazing verse in the midst of that that talks about those who who in that tribulational period, will uh, trust Christ and they will overcome despite the intensity of the natural disasters beside, despite the intensity. Of the Antichrist and, and Satan and the false prophet, trying to hunt them down and kill them, uh, and, and despite all of that, they will be victorious. And it describes how they could be victorious in verse eleven. And Joe, uh, you remember from that first chapel that basically I, I said, "Hey, if if this if these three things will help them in that in, in the worst seven year period the world has ever seen." If it will help them be victorious, surely it will help us be be victorious in 2020.
0: absolutely. 2020 is nothing compared to what the book of Revelation describes. Uh, And I think, you know, as as Christians, we should not be the ones that are doom and gloom. As much as it's fun to joke about uh, 2020 being bad, uh, I think your sermon helped me a lot uh, to realize, hey, we have victory. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a sure method of Mm -hmm. victory. And Mm -hmm. if there's anything I remember... Um, from my high school days. It's if my hockey coach or my soccer coach could tell me there's a surefire way to win. And the only thing we knew back then was play better than the other team. Um, But in scripture, we have a surefire step-by-step plan uh, Mm. to win that you're going to share with us. And Uh, I think that'll be super helpful.
1: Absolutely. And it guarantees victory. The the first step alone guarantees victory. And the other two, uh, what they do is they help us Live out that victory and and really walk in that victory day by day because you can be victorious and not act like it. <laughs> and so so these three principles uh, come together. So let's let's just look at the verse real quick um, in Revelation twelve eleven. It says and they overcame him. That's that's they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. So these are these are three principles that uh, the Lord lays out for us through the Apostle John of how people can have victory even during that, that horrible time in the future. And those same three principles help us have victory today. And, and the first one is very obvious. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, it is very clear that uh, he is referring here to the fact that the only way to overcome in this life is to come through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we, uh, there is nothing we can do to earn victory on our own. Uh, there is nothing we can do to save ourselves, to have a relationship with God. There's nothing that we can do to have victory in our daily lives uh, because we all sin and we all come short of God's glory. Uh, Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone's turned to his own way. And, and that's where we are at.
0: Yeah, and, and
1: President about I just, I got to say that, that point about
0: the blood. Um, the blood of the Lamb is not symbolic of of anything other than Christ's victory mm-hmm. over sin and death. Mm-hmm. And so what John is saying here is he's not saying that if we apply the blood along with these other two things, we have victory. Mm. He's saying the blood of the Lamb is our victory.
1: Amen. And, Amen. And, and
0: I think that's huge in realizing as Christians, life may stink. I mean, I... Just life could be a total mess for you, but you are victorious because He is
1: victorious. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The victory's already been won, and it was won at the cross, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What we talked about last week, Joe, the gospel. That's why it's so important to get it right, um, because that is the only way of victory for everyone. That gives you victory over sin, it gives you victory over death, it gives you victory over the grave, it gives you victory of the assurance of a home in heaven in the future and it gives you victory in the midst of the the struggles of this life. Uh one of my good friends uh Dr. Danny Aiken down at Southeastern uh Seminary often says we are not fighting for victory, we are fighting from victory. And that is because Jesus yeah. has won the victory through his death and resurrection. Amen.
0: Amen. And and you know president about I just um <laughs> I think I don't think I'm abusing context here, but the Bible says all God's promises. If are you these. are, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Go all ahead, God's go promises are yes and amen, uh, meaning what God has said is true. That's right. Th- there is no way out of what He has promised, and and Paul continually cites Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection as the promise that t- we too will be raised. Amen. Um, I think John does it in his book too.
1: He does absolutely, and that is why they were victorious, because despite the persecution, despite the fact that some will be hunted down and some will be killed for not accepting the mark of the beast, they are still going to be victorious. And we Mm -hmm. see that in the broader portion of the book. Uh, There will be martyrs during that time. And by the way, there have always been martyrs in the church, and there are martyrs today in Mm -hmm. parts of the world. And that may come right here in our own backyard someday. We do not know uh, where things are going to go. But the fact of the matter is, even in martyrdom, uh, there is victory because of the victory Jesus won. Uh, this life is uh, is not over. And so if you have come to the place of understanding that you cannot save yourself and you've turned from your sin and trusted Jesus and him alone uh, because of who he is and because of what he's done on the cross for us and dying and and being buried and rising again, if you're trusting him, then you have the victory. There's no question about it. Uh, that's I, I think that's one of the reasons that church, pretty much every church I've ever been in loves to sing "Victory in Jesus." Um, it's, it's just one of those one of those old hymns that just really uh, remind us of that wonderful victory um, that we have. But Joe, what I've discovered is that is that we may know that we have victory in our head, but sometimes, even as as Christians who maybe have known that for a long time, we don't necessarily walk in that victory all of the time. It's ours. But we don't necessarily walk around like we're victorious.
0: Yeah, and yeah, so I, I know exactly what you're doing. I don't want to take any more time. Let's get to it. First point, you have victory because of Jesus' blood and his promises. He's already won the victory. Second point, how do we walk in victory, President uh, Bailey? Uh,
1: absolutely. You walk in that by the word of your testimony, first of all. Uh, is very important to understand that uh, it's not their testimony that saved them. It was the blood of Jesus. But by sharing your testimony, you not only invite other people to faith in Christ, but you actually are reminding yourself of the victory that you already have. Uh, I have learned in my life that when I am facing a difficulty, if I will go back and remember what Jesus has done for me, first in salvation and then secondly through sanctification, through the ups and downs of life, how he's been with me in the victorious moments, And how he's been with me in the deepest, darkest valleys. And if I will recount that to someone else, if I will tell a story of how God was there for me, Mm -hmm. if I will give the word of my testimony, it may and may not uh, be received well by them. But boy, it sure does encourage me. Oh, yeah. And it reminds me of the victory that's already mine. And so by the word of your testimony you are all, one, inviting others to experience that in Jesus Christ, but secondly, you're also experiencing it yourself once again and reminding yourself, hey, uh, he if he's taking care of my salvation need, he will take care of whatever else comes. If he was with me in one dark hour, he'll be with me in another dark hour, in fact, in every dark hour.
0: Absolutely, and and I just think of First Corinthians 15 again. Uh, Paul says, "By the grace of God, I am what I am."
1: Mm. And,
0: and that's mm-hmm. just that's not only claiming the victory he's already talked about; he's claiming the power of the gospel to have changed him mm. from one who persecuted the church, one unworthy. Amen. And as Christians, we can always look back to our transformation because there, it, you are transformed if you're mm. a Christian. Mm. It's radical. Mm. But then you can also see at times where where what David says that I've never seen uh, God's seed forsaken or the hung, or his seed begging for oh begging for bread yeah you got yeah, it thank Go you ahead. thank you sorry I, you're good that's the Joe version um, but but just the promises of Scripture and then the testimony of our own lives I, I can tell you I could give you story after story of how God has provided, and it's not just monetarily it's mm. it's through friendships it's through uh, family God has been so faithful to mm. me. Amen. Um and we we sing so many songs to to recall that but Christian you can sing a song custom and personal to you for, of what God has done in your own life.
1: Amen. So so really the the first point is having victory through Christ. Mm-hmm. The second point is reminding yourself of that victory. Uh, as you go through, and that uh, strengthens you to be victorious moment by moment. And those are very encouraging. The next one sounds a little not so encouraging. Yeah, this one hurts a little bit. Yeah, this one's a little bit tougher. Uh, But it's necessary to be victorious through all of the circumstances of life. He says the third one is, and they did not love their lives to the death. Hmm. In other words, Jesus and being faithful to him, was more important to them than anything else, including their very life. And so therefore, they—they're part of their testimony was that uh, they would be willing to die uh, for the cause of Christ, that they would not let up, that they would not uh, be silenced, that they would not uh, yield to pressure from other people or even persecution or even uh, martyrdom, but they would be faithful to the end. Because um, of their commitment to the Lord Jesus, Jesus died for them, and so therefore uh, they uh, were going to trust Him no matter what. And Joe, um, the fact of the matter is, is it is uh, we've had it fairly, uh, fairly good. Mm, um, absolutely, we've experienced trials and difficulties, but as Hebrews says, we have not yet resisted to blood. Um, however. Uh, we do see some increase in persecution um, uh, or at least pressure um, on uh, on Christi- Christians and Christianity and churches uh, right now uh, in the Western world to some degree. And the fact of the matter is, is we need to really uh, think through this and realize that ultimate victory uh, demands that we have Jesus first, no matter the cost. President Ba
0: you're absolutely right. We've had it easy, uh, frankly. But I know you and I, we love talking about the Anabaptists, and, and mm-hmm. this just this came to my mind. I have a theory from this passage, and I hope I'm not far off, but the best martyrs are not those that seek martyrdom. Mm-hmm. The best martyrs are those that know their victory is won. Mm-hmm. And I think of the men that stood on the authority of Scripture when it came to the Anabaptist persecution. I think of Michael Sattler, and uh, his his execution because of his belief in what Scripture had to say, and, and ultimately we know that he had a rock solid confidence in Christ's victory for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many of the martyrs that we look up to the most, uh, they suffered intense death. Sattler was he had his skin plucked with a hot iron, and he had his tongue cut out, and he was burnt at the stake. Mm-hmm. And and we think of guys like John Huss who were one of the precursors to this that that episode of. Um, martyrdom and one of the things i remember from church history classes is martyrs would frequently make a hand signal to mm. their friends as they were burning in the mm. fire or drowning in the river mm. and the hand signal was the, the two fingers the, the v for victory mm. uh, but but they never said as i understood it it was said that the pain is not bad mm. compared to the glory mm. i seek mm. and and it Mm -hmm. wasn't their own glory. Mm -hmm. These guys were not men of vain glory. Mm -hmm. But I just think of that for the Christian, when we consider what Christ has won, and when we consider what we have seen Christ do in our lives, Mm -hmm. loving our lives unto the death, Mm -hmm. or not loving our lives unto the death, is not the question, it's the reality of, what have I been living Mm -hmm. for all along, if I can't say my death leads to my ultimate victory? Mm -hmm. Because the final enemy has been beaten.
1: Amen, amen. That's exactly right, Joe, and and uh, that you picked a, a great Anabaptist there with uh, Michael Sattler to talk about that, and of course you remember in the sermon I talked about another Anabaptist uh, at the close of my, my sermon and chapel that we started with, uh, because there are many martyrs who did that, and, and the interesting thing is, and you, you kind of said this at the beginning um, of what you were just talking about there, but but they it's not that they sought persecution, and we should not seek persecution. In fact, The Apostle Paul makes it clear that we should pray uh, for the King so that we can live a quiet and peaceable life uh, in all godliness. But when persecution came, uh, their commitment to the Lord Jesus was, was so firm that they did not love their lives to the death. They loved Jesus more than their very life. And as we do that in our daily life, whether we ever face physical persecution or not, uh, we must learn that principle of loving Jesus more than our very, our very life uh, to really experience the victory uh, that we can have in this life.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, President Bell. I think, um, hope our listeners enjoy this one. Uh, I hope it challenges them and draws them closer to understanding their Mm -hmm. victory. Do you want to leave us with a closing thought? It's been a while since I've got to ask you for a closing thought. I know,
1: I know, I know. And I I do have a closing thought for us today, Joe. And and that's this, that if you really want to persevere like a soldier, that you will learn the three principles of victory and living victorious— not only having victory, but the two principles of living that victory out from Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, President Ballard. And thank you so much for joining us for Perspectives on Perseverance. I am thrilled that we are in our second season. I'm thrilled to, to have just completed our second episode. If you'd like to know more about Northeastern Baptist College, uh, please visit us on our website at www.nebcvt.org. We are still in session with COVID going on, and we would love to hear from you. So if you feel like calling us, if you'd like to reach out to the admissions office, you can find our number on the website. If you have questions about uh, Perspectives on Perseverance, you can email us at perspectivesonperseverance at nebcvt.org. And also be mindful that we're going to have a lion's den in episode four of this season, uh, and then we'll have another one in episode eight. So be sending in your questions uh, so that we can have them ready uh, for President Ballard to answer. Uh, make them hard this semester. We want to we wanna watch him squirm.
1: So that That's only two weeks away, isn't it?
0: Yeah, No, uh, that's only two weeks away. Wow. I'm I'm hoping you're not too busy by then.
1: Well, hey, I'm looking forward to the questions. Bring them on because I'll give the hard ones to Joe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you might not get your questions answered. We appreciate them, though. And I just want to remind you, no matter what today may bring, persevere and have a great day in Jesus.
1: From the heart
0: of the Northeast, for the hearts of the world, soldiers to the right or left